Well, I'm so excited that you're here to join me for Voice of Breakthrough, this podcast. Podcast. So we are going to hit some powerful topics. Every single week, we will be having a new podcast with a new topic. So get ready. I'm telling you, this is great to exercise to. This is powerful to uh, listen to when you're cleaning your house or cooking that dinner or cutting the grass, which you could turn up loud on your, you know, your, your little iPhone or whatever you have there. Anyway, you're going to love this powerful, life-changing, every single week podcast of Voice of Breakthrough. Father, we just come before you. Holy Spirit, we just ask that you would come in this place so powerfully. Lord, make your people ready. Make us ready to shine in darkness. And in that process, we are going to fall in love with you. And in that process, we are going to be made ready for the wedding feast of the Lamb. And in that place, Lord, the Holy Spirit... And the bride will say in complete unity, come Lord Jesus. And Lord, you will come and get us. And Father, we just thank you for that. We thank you it's in your word. We thank you it's clear in your word. We thank you it's clear in your word that the wedding supper of the lamb happens before your final return to this earth. And so Father, we want to be made ready. In Jesus name, amen. I was thinking we were doing radio today. It was like, yeah, that's what we've been doing all these years. We're making the bride ready. So the highest position you can ever obtain in your um, entire reason for being is to become the spotless bride of Christ. Amen. That, that's greater than any other thing that you might ever try. You want to become that spotless bride of Christ. So guys, you know, don't freak out over that. We get to be the sons of God. You get to be the bride of Christ. It's not talking about gender. It's talking about relationship with God. How close can you get to God? That's what it's talking about. How close can you get to God? And the Bible's so clear. You can get as close to God as you want to get to God. Amen. So tonight we got new worksheets. I really encourage you. Now, let's see. I think Nicole makes these now where you can download them yourself. So starting next week, I think, I'm actually going to teach you um, as I walk through the trial. Because everybody who knows, knows I've got this frozen shoulder thing going on. It's really strange. Like, you can only put your arm. You can't put your arm certain ways. You know, you forget. But if you go to try to hang something, that's as far as it'll go up. That's it. Thank goodness you could do praise like this, you know. If you get strong in the anointing, you can do it because you can't feel anything. But anyway, so what I'm going to do, though, I'm going to show you. I felt like the Lord put this on my heart. As he walks me out of this trial, because a frozen shoulder, nobody really understands it. It can last for up to three years. Well, how many know I need this frozen shoulder unfrozen? Amen. So I'm going to show you how I walk through that. Amen. And, and I, first of all, I was wrong. I should have never claimed it. Amen. I should have never said, oh man, I got a frozen shoulder again. But I did. So once, can I tell you something? Once you've claimed it, now you have to be healed from it. Amen. So now you need a healing. If you're fighting something. Now here's the thing. <clears throat> We're not talking pretended faith. Pretended faith will kill you. Pretended faith will keep you from going to a doctor when you need to go to a doctor. Amen? And that's what's so difficult 
about teaching the things of the kingdom. Because if people aren't kingdom-minded and they take those things literal, instead of understanding you have to hear God, you have to walk with God. That's why I'm going to help you walk through it so you see how it works. Amen? Amen? Because pretended faith, more people, it's sad when somebody dies of cancer and they could have lived if they'd gone to a doctor, but because they claimed they were a Christian and they claimed they had faith, they died from it. That did not glorify God, right? So we're not just teaching you guys. These teachings go out to other nations. They go out to about anywhere from 6,000 people or more every single week. So therefore, I'm also talking to them. Amen? And so you want to, you know, I want to declare God's word, but I want to help people understand the difference between hid knowledge and truly Holy Spirit-led heart knowledge. Amen? And how many know the people in the faith movement, which I believe that movement is completely of God, but I do believe it's caused a lot of people to take hid knowledge, renewing their mind, and think that equates to faith. Okay, faith comes by hearing, but hearing the word of God. Okay, it doesn't say by reading, right? So if I'm hearing God, I'm hearing God. Jesus Christ is the word. The Bible says he, he's, he's the word who became flesh and dwelt among us. His name was the word before we gave him the name Yeshua. Amen? Okay, so my faith is going to grow when I hear God. So, so why do I need to read the word? Because he's not going to talk to me if I don't read his word and have a renewed mind to understand him and his language. Amen. How many of you can go to another country and if you don't study the language and they don't know your language, you can communicate on a very, very small scale, right? If you don't know their customs, if you don't know their laws, if you don't know how things work, you know, you're actually kind of in danger being in their country, right? Like if you don't know in that country, you don't, you don't, the women don't act the same as they do in another country, then you could put yourself in danger. And then guess what? They're going to blame you because that's how it works in that country, right? So when Jesus says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and he takes care of everything in your life. All right, so remember we're talking about running the race on the worksheets on running the race. So we've been finding out that Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. We're to look to him. If your eyes are not on Jesus, you're not running the race. Okay, if your eyes are on the wrong understanding of Jesus and you think he's condemning and he's mean and he's not fair, then you're running the wrong race. Amen. So these are all teachings we've got. These, we've got about six in this series now and those. Tonight, though, we're going to look at, we're going to start some gardening tonight. Amen? Because we're doing the two different things. We're doing the gardening and the race. And really, the race and the gardening, if you put those two together, led by the Holy Spirit, you can really handle most of the New Testament teaching on sanctification in a way that I think is easier to teach it. It's more fun for me to teach it this way. And you guys seem, my hope, to be getting it. How many would say you now have an understanding when you're actually running the race? And you kind of learned how to stop the other race. Amen? Isn't that good? So, so that's really big. And so we talked about entanglements. You haven't been in your groups yet to do this. I really encourage you in your notebooks, write down what the entanglements are. Remember, entanglements are relationships that are codependent. You can have an entanglement with anybody. What's an entanglement? Real quickly, it's you either take the place of the Holy Spirit in somebody's life or they take the place of the Holy Spirit in your life. 
In other words, I've got to have that person lay hands on me to heal me. No, God has got to touch you to heal you. Now, God can use that person, but if you got your eyes on that person, then you're actually trying to get an entanglement. Okay, that doesn't mean they're in agreement with that. Amen? The whole covering doctrine is a doctrine of entanglement. And he says, put off the entanglements. He says, put off the sin. Well, we know what those are for the most part. Amen? Even attitude. Murmuring is a sin, people. Gossiping is a sin. Amen? And he says, put these off to run this race. Then he says, put off entanglements. Okay, so we talked about entanglements kind of hold you back. Well, how many know, there, if you're always wondering, what are they thinking? Or what will my boss say? Or what's going to happen if I do this? That's an entanglement, right? Because it keeps you from running the waste, running where God wants you to do. The steps of the righteous are ordered of the Lord. That's one way to help you get free from ordering other people's steps and from letting somebody order your steps, even well-meaning friends. And we've talked about, if, if you don't understand this and you've always lived in, in codependent, what the world calls codependent relationships, what the Bible calls entanglements, then you don't even understand what a healthy relationship is supposed to be like. Without Christ, you can't really have one. Amen. Without Christ, you can't have one. But with Christ, he orders your steps. Now, don't get all hyper-spiritual. I mean, I, I did, um, I guess you call it marriage counseling today, a little bit. And the first thing I noticed is, you know, one of the people is like, well, God told me. I said, shut up. There's, there's no scripture to say that God's going to tell you who to marry. Amen. But there is a scripture that says, do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. There's a scripture that says, hey, if the passion in you rises and you want to sleep with them, then marry them and quit being, um, don't dishonor them. Amen, it's in there. God's smart. Women wouldn't be waiting 20 years to get married if they didn't live with people first. God made those men to know we got to get married. (laughs) I'm just being honest. God set it up this way. He wanted the earth (laughs) to, to have more. But he wanted a husband and a wife together having children. Married first. Amen. Until our nation repents of all that. Until the church repents of all that. We're watching all this mess. Babies are considered nothing anymore. Inconvenience and murdered. And and people will vote for somebody, which is pitiful, who would publicly say, let the baby be born, then let the parents decide if they want to kill it. It's horrific. What, What we see in our nation is horrific. What we see in the state is horrific. And we need to really begin to pray and intercede. There is going to be intercession about this, um gasoline thing okay we're gonna go to the courts of heaven as soon as this part of the meeting's over so if you want to stay for that all right because god gave me deuteronomy i think it was 17 8 which talks about going to the courts amen these schemes of the enemy using people of a certain political party are not going to prosper in jesus name amen but you need to know who you are in christ we're going to run some devil out of town tonight amen and he's leaving our coast. He's a spirit. He's a destroyer spirit. He tried to come. When he tried to tear up our coast last year, or the year before with the terrible hurricane, God said, stay up all night. Do not let that thing touch ground. Oh my gosh. I don't know where y'all were sleeping. I was praying that thing off of every coast. And where does it finally get right, right to, right to Hatteras? But guess what? When it crossed that little tiny piece of land, they, there was no eye. They couldn't know for sure if, it, if they could say it really touched down because there was no eye by then. Amen. Well, God told me there's no eye. The destroyer didn't get on this land. The devil is trying to take the coast. Amen. He's already got the other coast. He wants this coast. And he's going to sandwich it in between. Oh, 
He's not getting our coast. Amen? But we got to really pray and know who we are in Christ. Let's get in the real race. Amen? Let's get in the race that matters. Amen? What matters to me matters to God. How cool is that? Guess what? What matters to you matters to God. He says so. He says it matters to him. It matters to him that the enemy would like to take some of my beach house income away. I don't need the income. I just like doing it. Amen? And I don't want the devil touching my stuff. I also don't want him touching the tourism in our whole coast. He tried to close it down last year. He did a pretty good job. Remember, he couldn't go to the beach. He's trying to destroy tourism on the coast so that he can own the coast. Well, how many know he doesn't have, he doesn't have a legal right to own this? We do as God's kids. Amen. But we got to know this stuff. We got to quit playing with the devil, compromising with him, and rise up and be sons and daughters of God. Amen? That's why he calls us his sons and his daughters. He's given us authority. Jesus gave us the authority. And I know the devil likes to keep you bogged down in your own little lives. Amen? But let me tell you this there is a kingdom, and it has a beginning, and, and, and no, it has no beginning and no ending. The kingdom of God continues, and, and it cannot be shaken. So whatever's shaking in you is not supposed to be in you and so we're going to learn to run this race whatever we have to go through we go through i've been through some horrific things amen but god is greater his grace is sufficient but it's okay for us to rise up and say this isn't all right we're not allowing this amen that's why i want you guys to get really strong in living holy lives amen and put away the evil is it worth the little bit of evil you still want to play with to not have authority over the enemy in these things Amen? The church is the scariest, scariest thing to the devil on the planet, except he made us think we're unessential. Amen? How many want to become essential this year? Amen? And run the real race. All right. So anyway, so tonight then we're going to start our gardening series. Amen? So for those who have the handout, she's going to be giving more out. Um, tonight we've talked about this. You can go back and find the teaching on the foregrounds because... Most of the church concentrates on good ground. In other words, you can look at churches that grow really fast. The people seem really spiritual. There's a lot of cool things going on. And you're like, gosh, Lord, why does their church have all that? And, you know, we're just still people hurting and this and that. And the Lord began to, he began to tell me recently, actually, it took me a long time to figure this out. I don't send you the good ground for the most part. I, I want you to change the ground in people's hearts and make it good ground. So I need like a bulldozer, Holy Spirit. You know what I mean? Explosive power, blow up stone, you know, destroy. So, so, so people who go to churches with people who've lived seriously Holy Spirit sheltered lives by godly parents, they're good ground. Amen. That doesn't mean there's not going to be issues and things that are going to happen. How many really realize, just think, if I was really, really raised by two spirit-led parents. I can say right here, there's almost nobody, if there's anybody in here, who was raised by two Holy Spirit-led parents. Can I get an amen? Well, I'm talking about really Holy Spirit-led. And then if your parents were seriously Holy Spirit led and your life went in a ditch, you need to stop and take some time to find out how. Where did that rebellion come from? Or what did I, you know, what's going on? Because truthfully, if you drape a child the way they should go, they shouldn't depart from it. We all have watched 
having to keep believing that and watch it come out. But can I say this? I don't think there's that many Holy Spirit-led people yet. They might speak in tongues, but is that Holy Spirit-led? Did they lay hands on you to bring healing of the broken-hearted places when somebody bullied you at school? Did they know how to cast out demons? Did you see them cast out demons? Do you understand what I'm saying? Did they know how to walk in the gifts of the Holy Spirit to know that that relationship should not be going on? So, so let's, let's framework this in a way to understand. I'm talking about Holy Spirit seriously led. Not, and how many know the church is re-coming into that revelation? But there are some people in the church for years who like... Um, you know, different people, uh, um, Roland Baker's parents and grandparents and all that. And I'm not saying this, we're not judging our parents, but I got to be honest, I don't know too many Holy Spirit, seriously Holy Spirit-led parenting. Amen? Where they knew when the enemy was up to something and they stopped it. But praise God where that happened, right? Praise God where that happened. And we need to find out, Lord, how can we become those parents? Where did we miss it? But we want to produce good ground. Amen. So when we're looking at this worksheet, it's based on uh, Matthew 13, 3 through 23, Mark 4, 3 through 25, and Luke um, 8, 5 through 18. But they're the three places where it talks about the parable of, of sowing seed. And Jesus explains that parable. I'm not going to read it again. We've already got teaching on it. But the seed is God's word. Okay. The seed is God's word. And it's thrown out there. And then our hearts, our hearts are the garden. Amen. Our hearts are the ground it falls on. Amen. So let's look at these hearts. Because one of the things I want you doing for your workbooks. Amen. I want you to see where your heart needs to be taken care of. Amen. And like I said, I've been doing a garden this year, which is hilarious. It's doing really good, actually, you guys. I'm going to bring some fruit in one day. Um, but the, the main thing, that what took the most in this gardening thing is stopping the critters from eating. I live on two acres where there's deer and things. And to keep those deer and the rabbits and the birds and everybody, I had to put net, a fence up. Then I had to put netting up. And I still had to spray, uh, put some stuff to kill off the snails. And then I had to put some oil stuff on things. And it's only what? The first month into gardening. So what am I going to say? What does that show you? You know, because God really does his word based on things that we can understand. It shows us that one of the most dangerous things to believers is what God sows in your heart being destroyed by the enemy. Amen. So we need to guard our hearts. We need to be serious about, first of all, we need to be serious about the word of God. We need to recognize, wow, that's seed. That, that's like a seed hits good ground and without a lot more, it gets some rain and the roots go down, the roots get deep. And pretty soon, a little tiny seed, some of these seeds are so tiny. I'm like, they're so tiny. You can't really get them out of the package to, to put plant one. And, and a little tiny seed can make a gigantic tree. It's really quite amazing. It's really very supernatural, to be quite honest, that God could place every single thing 
uh, about a tree in a little tiny seed, that little tiny seed fall to the ground and make another gigantic tree with fruit and everything. Sometimes we need to stop. Remember the scripture where God turns them over to a reprobate mind because they don't see God as the creator? I hope you help your children to see how awesome creation is. I really, really hope we get off of our little computers and stuff long enough. I really think one of the blessings of the enemy's attack of 2020 is that people when they tell you you can't go to the beach everybody wants to go to the beach when they tell you you can't do this everybody wants to do this and when everything is closed and all these things are happening people begin to go fishing and boat out on the boat and 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 truthfully especially if you lived in a place where you could do that i mean those industries went through the roof um and, and what were those industries? They are where people begin to enjoy nature. And God says, when you don't recognize him as the creator, it's the beginning of turning you over to a reprobate or perverted mind. So I just want to encourage you in your parenting and grandparenting, get the kids to do some fun stuff that has to do with what God created. Amen? And, and get your life back on track with God and start enjoying God. Amen. Enjoy God when you uh, go for a walk, when you ride your bike or, you know, if you get a little healthy, you could actually do it enjoying God. You could just decide, you know what? Don't, don't get the mindset. I'm going to go walk for four miles. Yeah, like four miles. Four miles is what you're supposed to walk every day, people. If you think, oh, I'm going to walk four miles. Instead, why don't you just get out in there and say, let me just go walk and Lord, let me talk with you and let me put on some worship music and, and really look. Go, go, go to a park or go somewhere where you can actually enjoy. I have a really nice, pretty neighborhood, so I just like walking in the neighborhood. But, but just get, start doing this stuff. That's why when I sit at the beach, I really enjoy the beach. Amen? I, I love watching the waves and seeing the seagulls and glorify. I just sit there and thank God and thank God and thank God. I'm telling you, I'm telling you what you need to do in this real race is to recognize who God is and what he has. No matter, no matter what the enemy tries to take from us in this last days. Amen? He cannot take that God put a blue sky up there. Although there's some nut in globalism, trying to figure out how to stop the sun from being so hot. And they're going to release some kind of crud over the atmosphere. There's, this is serious to, 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 try, to try to down the race. Do we want these same people, these nuts, messing with the, the whole atmosphere of the sky? We need to start praying this stuff away. Amen? Do you trust any of these people to throw something over the whole atmosphere of the sky? I don't care if you're Republican, Democrat, Independent. If you got any brains in your head, you wouldn't want anybody throwing stuff all over the sky to do something dumb like tone down the sun. Anybody get a prophetic meaning there? Amen? You're not going to tone down the sun. And the church had better start shining. Amen? So, back to this. All right. So, let's look at the different types of ground. Now, when you look at these types of ground and Jesus does this parable, I would be doing the parable, but I've already done the parable. So go back and look in the teaching concerning this about this parable. And so I finally got the worksheet to go with it. But when Jesus is talking about this parable, well, let's read it because it actually has some pretty good stuff. There was one I really liked. Let me see. All right. Matthew 13. Starting verse 3. He told them many things in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went out to spread some seed. As he, so a sower is like a farmer, or it's you in your garden, okay? 
It's somebody, who's the sower? The sower is the person with the seeds, okay? And they're going to sow these seeds, which means they're going, you know, some of you don't even know what sowing is. You think I'm talking about a sewing machine. You know, it's, they're going to plant these seeds, okay? Truthfully, with sowing, if the ground is good, you really don't even have to dig a hole. You just throw the seed. If it's good ground, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take off and grow. All right. Behold, a sower went out to spread some seed. As he was scattering the seed, some seeds fell by the road, and the birds came and ate them. Other seeds fell on rocky or stone ground where they didn't have much soil. They sprang up immediately because the soil wasn't deep. But when the sun came up, they were scorched, and because they had no roots, they withered away. Other seeds fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew and choked them out. But some seed fell on good soil and were producing fruit. They yielded a crop of a hundredfold, sixty, and some thirty. All right. So what this is saying, when God's word goes out, <laughs> kids are having fun. When God's word goes out, think about it. When Jesus was preaching to all those people, only 25% of those produced something from that. Could we have 25% of you guys produce something? <laughs> Amen. 25%. Either what, now when you're really good ground, I want you to get this. I'm good ground. Are you both saying, I don't care. I've spent 30 years of being plowed up by the Holy Ghost. Amen. <laughs> he has done a lot of work in me. And so when I hear one revelation from a guest speaker or, or somebody on, so I get one revelation and within a couple of hours, I've got usually a deeper teaching on it. God shows me things. I say, show me this, teach me this. Where's this at? Amen. So that word then in me produces other word. When I sit in the presence of God and he is personally, Holy Spirit is teaching me and I can literally feel him putting spirit, putting seeds in my spirit. I really do. And then I don't know what's going to come forth till I start to preach, but it's always a lot more than what I felt the Holy Spirit give me because he's my teacher. Amen. And that's part of my calling that everybody, I don't know, moves in that kind of revelation gift, but I do. And so I'll start talking. You'll think, wow, she knows all that. She studied all that. And I'm thinking, Lord, I've never said this before. I never really thought this before. And it's just coming out. And it's all in his word because I study his word so I can check it. Wow, that's really cool. Amen. Have you ever watched me preach long enough, especially if I'm doing something brand new, you'll, you'll see me do that. You'll be like, oh, wow, that's really cool, Lord. Thank you. So that's good ground. That's what he wants the seed to produce in you. Amen. Because you're all just thinking, oh, I want money. I want this. No, he wants his word to be so fruitful in you that you get it. Amen. Because he is the word. Amen. It's about his kingdom. It's about things that money can't even buy. Amen. It's about taking authority. It's about knowing how to stop the enemy from destroying your children. It's about how to, to watch God heal a marriage. It's about things that money can't really buy. Amen. It's about God showing you where to be, like um, when to do, do this, how to have authority to keep your gas tank full no matter what happens. I mean, now's the time to meet, believe for increase. We better start believing for this stuff. These are all little tests to get us prepared for the last days, people. Amen. If that lady had that oil in that lamp and it never, in that little jars, it didn't run out. We want to become good soil. Amen. I want everybody in here to decide I'm going to become good soil. And everything, why can't we talk in English? If Jesus wanted to teach us this way, let's humble ourselves and learn this way. Amen. Understand what he's saying. 
These are kingdom principles. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Everything in his kingdom works like this. If you really get this, I'm not kidding. You need to get this. Words are seeds. Words are seeds. So when you say something stupid like, um, that's going to kill me, you just planted a seed. You just planted a seed. And the devil goes, ooh, now we can work out something to kill this person way before their time. If you say, oh, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to get it, whatever. Do you understand? Life and death is in the power of your tongue. Why? Because it's a seed. Thank God it doesn't happen instantly, right? We, we none be here. Nobody make it past, you know, four years old or something. Amen? Thank God for mercy. We're going to be looking at the second handout is something you can start doing at home a lot. That's why I went ahead and added in here. And what's growing in your garden. And then it's lies you want to uproot and truths that set you free. Amen. So you want to start planting good stuff. I can't wait to see everything that I've planted from God's word and faith come to fruition. Because I know what I have prophesied and prayed over my children for years. Don't be canceling all that out when their behavior is not lining up with that. Amen. Mm. Don't go digging in your garden and pulling up the stuff you plant about having a strong marriage because you're mad. Think of it this way. Anyone, has anyone, if you've ever done gardening, weeds or tares they grow really fast and strong and destroy a lot of stuff. Like, I mean, that's another thing. You got the pest, but you got the, the weeds. And the enemy's stuff grows really fast and really strong because it's planted by fear. And then you water it with worry and you water it with anxiety. And you keep, the, the Bible, there's a spiritual law. The thing you fear most comes on you. That is why Job's children died and what Job went through. If you really study Job, he went through what he was believing for. Amen. Are you saying everything? People, read my book. Joy comes in the morning. There are more than one spiritual law. There's tons of spiritual laws. There's so many spiritual laws in the kingdom of God, you can't do it. You can't memorize them. You can't live it. You can't try to, to do all the spiritual laws. You have to just follow the Holy Spirit. Okay, he's not going to lead you outside of his laws. See, being born again is real. All right? It's like God comes inside of you by his spirit. Amen? And then his spirit is supposed to be able to take over and you're not arguing with him and fighting him and planting wrong seeds. And then the spirit of God is the one that has you running the race. Amen. And he keeps your eyes on Jesus, eyes on Jesus, eyes on Jesus. And he undoes the work of the enemy. Amen. He gets rid of what the enemy's been doing and the things become real in your life. And God is all about the process of becoming like him from, he's a God, one of his spiritual laws is, he's a um, line upon line, precept upon precept from glory to glory, which means this, under, this line, this scripture, this truth, he will then give you understanding of it. That's the perception of it. What's in the heart of God? Why is he saying this? What does he mean? And then he will take you into the next realm of his presence. 
it's going to work like that for all of it. So if I'm just doing the word, but I don't have his understanding, I don't get why he's about this. So if you don't understand why God has the laws the way he has the laws or says, this isn't good for you, do it my way. Yes, some people, oh, you know, that's just old fashioned. And, you know, nowadays everybody, you know, lives together before they get married. Well, everybody doesn't. And it's wrong. I had somebody say, well, you know, you've got to first try, you know, the whole marriage thing out before you make the commitment. I said, well, can I just tell you, first of all, the minute you cross lines outside of what God says, you're outside of his will. So you're not testing it out. You're testing out what a bad marriage could be like. You're sowing seeds into a bad marriage. You're sowing seeds into let's do this thing without God. Let's do this thing based on lust. Let's do this thing. Let's be real. If you really believed his word that if somebody died in their sin, why on earth would you sleep with somebody when you're not married to them? And if they died, they're going to hell and you were a big part of it. And you call that love? No, that's lust. Come on. Well, everybody's about guilty of it, but hey, I, God wants us to see his way. Amen. His way says that if you love them, you're going to do this my way. And we have an entire culture. That's why our entertainment, our music, everything is so filthy. It's like we want to tolerate a certain level of filth, but not the whole filth. God doesn't want any of the filth. He knows what he's doing. He knows how to protect us. He knows what it's supposed to be like. Amen. He, he knows all these things. And the enemy has so messed in this area to hurt people and to hurt families and to hurt nations. Amen. So, so God wants us to be good ground. Now he himself is going to explain this. He says, he who has ears, let him hear. When God says he who has ears, he's talking about spiritual ears. Some of you need to begin to ask God for spiritual ears. You've got to be born again first, which means you really have accepted Jesus Christ is the only way to God. He is perfect. He was perfect. He came and paid the price for our sin. Totally a plan from God. He suffered horrifically so that he could separate us from our sin. Amen. So that we could enter into a relationship with God. God knows we cannot live sinless without him. Amen. He wouldn't have had to die for our sins if he didn't think we were going to have some. Amen. And how many know you're still going to have them? Their attitude sins, their heart issues sins if you mature. There are things you didn't realize were not good. There are things that may try to come back on you. Amen. And you go quickly and ask Jesus to forgive you. And you, and you thank him that he paid for those sins. And you mean it. If you mean it and you understand the cross, you would never repeat the sins. You would see them, hate them, agree with God about them, and they'd be over. And then guess what? If you could learn to live in that for real, guess you'll be, you won't be in the race of condemnation anymore. Amen? You, you, just don't, you don't run in a race of con condemnation. That's when you keep sinning because you don't hate the sin yet. That's because you're, you're thinking. And, and I, we've, made it too, we've made it seem so difficult to walk away from sin. It is not. Amen? Break the power of that lie. Break the power of the lie that, well, everybody does this. I mean, if you go to a men's uh, seminar and you hear this happen, that 80% of men, even Christian men, are watch pornography or some garbage like that, amen, and that makes you feel better, that's because you want to sin. It should make you kind of sad that the church is that weak and men are that weak 
that they can't live holy lives even after knowing Jesus Christ. Amen? Everybody having fun yet? You need to look at your heart. If your heart's looking, oh, everybody else is this messed up. Well, he died to set you free. Amen? And he means it. So he just wants you to mean it. He wants you to see what he went through so you can repent. And then it breaks the power of that. And it's really over, you guys. You're not who you used to be. You're not kind of who you... It's over. Amen? It's over. You don't have to be afraid of going backwards because you no longer live, but Christ lives in you. I'm not in that race any longer where that sin is going to be a part of my life. Amen? And that's where you get in your groups and you really deal with this. But don't, please don't play patty cake with sin. Smack it upside the head in Jesus' name. Amen? Our nation is in such bad shape. Our politicians are in such bad shape uh, because of the leaders in the church. The, a nation looks like the church, just so, you, just so you know. What you see in a nation is a reflection of the church. So there's something really sad in the church. It's called people need to get back into the word of God and let the Holy Spirit really be in charge. Amen? Because you really can live a holy life. You really can. And it's powerful. How many know when you're living a holy life, which means God's got the evil out, and the devil tries something, you know you're going you're gonna to go at him full blast. You're not going to hide and back down. He's like, He's like, shut up, devil, in Jesus' name. Give him the punishment of Satan and make his life miserable. Amen? He should be afraid when you wake up in the morning. I just, I just think he's afraid. I know he's afraid when people walk in here. Oh, no. They might hear real truth. Set him free. You shall know the truth. It doesn't say you shall hear the truth. Okay, you can hear it and hear it and hear it. But it's when you know it. When it registers like, wow, this is truth. I agree with it. I come in agreement with this. Then you are free. Some of you don't want to know the truth. You want to hear it. But do you want to know it? And some of you might have to fast, cast demons out, whatever it takes to get to the other side of something. Amen? I mean, he tells you all this in the word. If that stuff, if that's just really some strange stuff. No, that's some supernaturally powerful stuff. Nobody bats an eye at the demonic supernatural. They all think that's cool. You watch it on TV. You see it on, on Super Bowl uh, halftime shows and all this mess. I don't watch any of it, but in the movies and video. But boy, let somebody in church look a little supernatural. Ooh. We're supposed to be living in the divine nature of God. I was, um, somebody was throwing some, some things around a little bit. Like, why are you so weird and this and that? And she really trying to hurt my feelings. And so I, I went for a walk with the Lord on the beach. I'm like, Lord, why does this person keep using that word weird? And the Lord said, well, maybe they really want to know. I said, what do you mean? He goes, maybe they want to know. Why are you supernatural? Why don't you tell them? Why don't you tell them I live in you? Why don't you tell them the miracles you've seen? Why don't you tell them about the four people raised from the dead or more? Why don't you tell them about this and that? Why don't you tell them? Maybe they're really asking and weird is their terminology for uh, the divine. I know that's not what they're thinking, but deep down it might be what they're asking. 
So the Lord said, from now on, when you hear that word from that person, change it to divine. So he said, why are you so weird? Oh, thank you for noticing that your mom, whoops, I should have said that, <laughs> has the Holy Spirit in her. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I know, I know people blaspheming. I know there's laughing about the church. Why do they laugh about the church with some power, but they think it's fine for the garbage? Amen. I'm not, we're not, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Give me the interpretation for that. Is that what you mean? Is this the weird you want? How about this? Let me see how fast I can shake. How about this? Come over here. Let's see if you can fall down. Amen. You know what I mean? It's like, it's time to bust through where the enemy wants to keep the church bottled up and ashamed of having the power of God inside of her. Amen. And the Lord is like, just tell them. Write them the letter or tell them. Tell them what, and, and you can tell them it's a little offensive when they use that terminology because it seems kind of blasphemous towards something as holy as God. Amen? I didn't even think of that. I didn't even think of just answering the question. How cool is God? Now they'll probably never ask it again because they're like, oh man, if they ask that, she's going to say this and this. Why Get my answer anyway. I say, hey, remember you asked me? All right. So here's Jesus. Then the disciples came to the Lord and said, why do you speak to these people in parables? And he replied to them. Now, this is something you need to get. To you has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. If you have a hard time understanding the secrets of the kingdom if you know you don't have ears to hear, you need to ask God, first of all, repent and ask God to forgive you if you never were hungry to have ears to hear what's happening in the spirit. And then begin to ask God. Oh, okay, I got to go. You know, on your little garden page I just showed you, if you would say things like, well, you know, God never does that for me. Or I don't move in the supernatural that way. Any of those seeds. Some of you guys... I, I kind of, you know, when you're really growing the raised garden bed things, you kind of put the same kind of stuff in, in each different raised garden bed. I want you to kind of, in your notebooks, get a raised garden bed, so to speak, about every issue. So let's say you have an issue that you have, there seems to be, you just don't seem to get through into the supernatural. You don't seem to know how to, to really connect with God in that way. Well, start writing down all the things you've said or you hear yourself saying that's against it. See, we're people who are supposed to speak those things that we don't have as though we do. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, not yet seen. Okay, this is serious, serious kingdom stuff. Now, the intellectual mind's going to go, well, that's foolish. Well, that's okay, because God says the things of the world are, you know, that the things of the kingdom are foolishness to those who, are, who don't understand the kingdom things. So, I really want you guys to spend some time, you know, with writing in your notebooks or whatever. It can just be a scripture. I don't care. I'm not going to, it's not like we're going to check it. Amen? It's like, how much have I planted that I'm going to move in the power of God? How much have I actually planted in my heart? 
God, I want to move in discerning of spirits. God, I want to know how to do this. Amen. And these don't have to be a sit down kind of thing. These should be conversations with God, to be quite honest. I, when I read the word, I ask God, Lord, I, I want this. I want to see this. I want to know if this happens. Some, the Bible says, if you don't ask, you don't receive. There's a whole scripture like you're jealous of others, but it's because you won't even ask. And if you do ask and your motives are wrong, he's going to say no. Do you get that? Anything you ask, he's going to give you if your motives are right. Why he's in there all moaning about other people having stuff. Well, have you sat down and spoke the word into the situation and talked to God about it? Have you sat down and asked him? Have you asked him, show me if my motives are wrong? If you're trying to prove something, your motives are wrong. If you're trying to spend it on your lust, your motives are wrong. What are right motives? God, what could we do with this? This is the honest truth. The only reason I ever wanted a beach house was to have retreats there. That was my main reason for ever asking God for a beach house and people prophesying it over me. I never thought of asking. It was just like way too big. Especially when you have a husband who doesn't even like the beach. <laughs> But people would prophesy. But when they prophesied those things over me. Because we'd have retreats at the beach for over 20 some years. And we'd have guest speakers. And they'd always come and say. I see God giving you a beach house. Mm. We need to stop and say. How many things have somebody prophesied over us. And then we just threw it away. You know we, we were like that. We were like that. That seed just took off. That's impossible. That can't happen. The spirit of poverty the demon behind the spirit of poverty will steal every single thing away from you that you could have something. But it has to be for God's glory. Amen? In other words, if you think, well, God, I want a bigger house because I want a bigger house. Then what's your motive for wanting a bigger house? What do you do with the house you have? Do you take care of the house you have? Do you, have, do you use whatever gifts you have in the house that you have? If you got a gift of hospitality, do you have people in and out all the time? Are you, are you hosting uh, different gatherings in your house? If you're a Bible teacher, do you do Bible study? If you love interceding, do you have people over for prayer? See, and I'm, I'm, I'm not going to apologize that we really are in a different kingdom and it is different. And if I want to be in the world, then just go be in the world. This is the problem with the church. We've acted too much like the world. I'm not talking about religious goofy stuff, amen. I'm talking about sincere. I love my life. Does anybody, I tell God almost every day how much I love my life. And I loved my life when I was in a little apartment just married to my husband and we were still in school. It doesn't have to do, I can't help it because I actually continually prophesy good things over my life because I thank God. He's a God of increase. You can't outgive him. I tithe, I give, and then he gives me more. He pays the bills. He does everything. But guess what, guys? I really am sold out to him. Not just like because I'm a man. I would be like this if I had a different kind of job because it's him it's about. It's not about a career. Amen. It's about a kingdom. It's about the king of kings. It's about belonging to God. My dad is God. 
My bridegroom king is Jesus Christ, the only begotten son of the father. And when I see him, I see the father. The power of me. One thing I was with my arm, I was saying too much how much it hurt. Because man, I'm telling you, it can hurt. And then I started saying, I said, Lord, give me scripture, give me scripture, show me. And the scripture that came to my heart was the same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives inside of me. Well, my gosh, an arm's going to raise, amen? And so now, if I do my arm the wrong way with this thing that I'm fighting, I also need to drink more water because I think it's a dehydration kind of thing. And I've been praying and praying about that. And I know when I heard it, I was... <laughs> trying to reach the back seat for um, some of the uh, hand sanitizer stuff because everybody was afraid of COVID. Amen? And I'm like, okay, God. So now I say, and the Lord showed me this. Okay. <clears throat> he says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. What are you saying towards the answer of your problem? See, when it's not a life and death situation, how many know we kind of just let it go? You just keep taking a few aspirin here and put up with the pain here. And go. But if it was life and death and you're really reliever in the word of God, how many know you'd be praying and interceding, seeking God for answers, going after wisdom, I hope, right? Well, God's tired of us, not tired of us. God loves us overcoming the big stuff. But how about if we start overcoming the little stuff? If you overcome little stuff, it won't become big stuff. Don't. Say the first thing that pops in your head when you have a symptom. Amen? Because the minute you give acknowledgement to something in the kingdom, then the enemy has more authority to bring it. I messed up when I said what this was in the natural because I'd had it before. That's when I should have started fighting it. We're not going to talk about that tonight. We'll talk about how to run the race and fight another night. But there's really things I do every single day. There's a little something else I'm fighting, but I'm already about one that one. Oh, and it would have been bigger than this. Thank God I didn't say what that was. Amen. Do you get that? Life and death are in your tongue. So if you're poor me and your life is terrible and now you, that's all. God, some of y'all better get a bulldozer and just tear up the whole field. <laughs> like, <laughs> can we start over God you know what the Bible says you will reap what you've sown so you better pray for mercy it actually says you're going to reap it in mercy if you're merciful how many know there's you better be repentant and crying out and then you better hang on and quit blaming God when you reap some of the stuff you've sown amen okay mm. Ooh. It's a real kingdom. There's real laws, spiritual laws. There's a real Holy Spirit to empower you. Some of you have been Christians for years and have yet to begin to act like one. Is this helping anybody? It's like, wake up. It's a real kingdom. If you're going to live like you're in the world and speak like you're in the world and act like you're in the world and being entertained by the world... None of that's running the race. All of that is opening the doors for the enemy to come and wham you. I'm telling you, our nation and the nations are in a season. What does God gather first at the harvest? He gathers the wheat. I mean, the tares. He comes after the tares before he raptures the wheat. 
That's, that's another parable. He lets them grow together. But then he says, then he sends his angel says, now go get the tears out of the way. Well, God might just be getting the tears out of the church. But that's not a person that's in your heart. What have you sown in your heart? False spirituality, fake things. The, the one thing I, I started the one thing and I, and I didn't finish it. Some, someone was saying, you know, telling someone that, you know, the only reason they were thinking of getting married was because God told them you're supposed to marry this person. And that person wasn't necessarily in agreement. But I'm like, there's no scripture for that. That could be really strong manipulation. What are they supposed to say? I know what I'd say. I'd smack you across the head and say, quit using spirituality to try to trap me into a marriage that, that, that you want. Amen. Let's quit hyper-spiritualizing everything and then get in a mess and then blaming it on God. All God requires that you be, uh, not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. So then you're supposed to like the person, everybody. You're supposed to look at normal things and say, okay, is this somebody that I would want to spend the rest of my life with? Is this somebody I would rather do life with than not do life with? I mean, if you don't like them before you marry them, you're not going to like them more afterwards. <laughs> Amen. Most people usually at least like the person they're going to marry. All right, like there's... There's something there you want to spend the rest of your life with, not that. And believe me, after you marry, some of that. We were, we were kidding. I got to tell your story. Ryan's here. I got to tell. Where's Ryan? I just saw him walk in. Did he go the other? I got to tell this. Nicole and Ryan just hit the. Ryan's very confident in the marriage. How, how many years you been married? Twelve years, and Ryan has finally hit it. How do I know? He got her what he wanted for Mother's Day that she didn't want. <laughs> he, he, got, he got her a fish tank. She, did, she didn't even want a fish tank. She really didn't want a fish tank. She, he knew she didn't want one. So then he plays it all up. I think it's so cute. And then he sends her off shopping, but not with money. So he can set up the fish tank. So when you come home, you'll have your present. I said, this is great. It shows he's so confident in this marriage. He just knows you're not hitting out the door. He's just like, I, I remember when John and I hit that point. John got me a keyboard play, a keyboard for Christmas. I got thrown out of piano lessons as a kid, you guys. There's not a musical instrument gift within my entire body. I could prove that right now on any of those things there. And I, I'm like, what do you mean you got me a keyboard? Well, it's kind of a family keyboard. I said, well, there's only one person in this family who absolutely cannot play that. So, so don't act like it's my present. He got me other stuff too, but I'm opening it. Oh, wow, what is this big thing? You got me a keyboard? Yeah, you know. And then, and then, then they started a cute little, my husband and the two boys, little worship, or worship band or whatever, little band. But they'd only do it when I went to church. Like, they never did it when I was home. I never heard them one time. I never heard them one time. It was like their whole family get together when mom was gone preaching. And nobody ever, anyway. I tell Nicole, I said, that's so cute. I said, he's so confident in the relationship now. And all the women are like, I can think of that. I can think of when that happened. And if you can't, are you still married? No, I'm just kidding. Amen. It's kind of nice when they're that confident that you're not going to get mad or anything. Anyhow. All right. <clears throat> so let's go over these grounds. 
All right, the roadside. So well, I'm, I'll, I'll go over this worksheet as, Jesus, as we read what he says. All right. Listen to this. So this, this is a kingdom truth. To, okay. Why do you speak to them in parables? He replied to the disciples. To you, it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven. I want you, if you if you're have any yay at all, to start writing down, plant a seed. I want to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven. I want to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven. Uh, see, this is how you read the word. You read the word with, wow, that's something I want. Amen. And if you want it, you have to say it. Amen. You have to ask for it. That's like planting it. That's like making it real. If you're really smart, you'll write things in your notebook and not like a formula, but in faith begin to say, I really want to know the secrets to the things of the kingdom. Amen. And then he says, but it wasn't given to these others yet. All right. And then he goes on for whoever has. Now, this is a kingdom law that goes against the Democratic Party. Oh, I probably shouldn't say that. Oh, well, too bad. I already did. For whoever has to him more will be given and he will have plenty. But whoever does not have even what he has will be taken away from him. Did you hear that? It's a spiritual law. Anybody want to argue with God? Everybody going, but why? Because the people who have are the people who are hungry. They're the people who are willing to look for it. They're the people willing to speak it. They're the people willing to seek it. They're the people willing to do whatever it takes to get those kingdom secrets, to get the things of the kingdom. Amen. And oh, look at this principle. If you're that hungry to have the things of the kingdom, you will stay hungry to have the things of the kingdom. You will continually seek. You will continually ask. You'll continually knock. You'll go after God with everything. You'll go to conferences and meetings and church more. And guess what? You're going to get more. And those who won't even start to ask or want, even the little bit they have because mama preached to them or whatever, is going to be taken away. And... Can I tell you the same principle applies to everything in the natural life? I'm, I'm, can I just say, if, you're, if you are in black flesh skin, could you please start getting really loud about quit calling me stupid. Don't dumb me down the education system in Virginia and act as if we cannot handle math. It's time to stand up and hear what they're doing and say, quit treating me like a second class citizen as if you're protecting me. Let's wake up. They want to put their kids in expensive colleges and private schools and keep everybody else in the servant atmosphere as they globally try to take over. I'm just telling you the truth. This is it. That's what the Antichrist is going to do. But it's going to take somebody to stand up and say, stop it. I love Candace Owen. I love some of these people. Ben Carson. Thank God Ben Carson's mother didn't believe that mess. Amen. Can you imagine? You're not going to get, your, your children or grandchildren will not get into colleges of their choice unless they're in private schools because they're not going to even get the advanced math to qualify to get in most of the elite schools. All because Virginia is caring so much about not making anybody feel bad. 
How about quit treating people like they can't do as well as anyone else? This should be screaming, people. You should be screaming. My gosh, Lord, raise up voices that people will listen to who will say, how dare you? Have you not looked at our nation? There has been a black president. There are black Supreme Court justices. There are black people as police officers, as leaders. There's black people in every single area of our nation. How dare you try to dummy down a system and blame it on us? Just like put a Planned Parenthood in every black neighborhood to make it convenient to kill your babies. Do you really think that person cares about you? I wonder how much of our population would have black skin right now if there hadn't been Planned Parenthood for about 15 years as close as can be killing their babies and telling them it's for their own good. And not only that, Planned Parenthood was actually started with that intention. Time to dig up some seeds. Amen. It's time to make your voice known for the glory of God. It's time to wake up, everybody. It's time to wake up and really see what's going on. Anyway, back to the lesson. <laughs> Did I not? I wasn't here Sunday. See, this is what happens when I don't get to really preach for a whole day. All right. But it reminded me of this. He says, for this reason, I speak to them in parables because seeing they do not see, hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. You need to begin to pray. I want to hear, I want to see, and I want to understand. Take the blinders off. Amen. Take the blinders off. Take the blinders off. My gosh, we need to start praying this over our nation. Amen. It's, it's like two different nations. It's like the blind and those who can see. And, and the, the, their realities in their thinking is so different. For this reason, I speak to them in parables. Okay. Matthew 13, 14. He says, in them, the prophecy in Isaiah is being fulfilled. It says, you, you will keep on hearing, but you never understand. And you keep on looking, but you'll never see. For the heart of this people has become dull. Their ears can barely hear. They have shut their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts. Then they would turn back to me and I would heal them. Oh my gosh, that is such a powerful scripture to be praying over our nation right now. Amen. That is a scripture to pray over your children, your grandchildren. Why are you dull? Why can't you hear? Why can't you see? We need to begin to cry out, God, open. Mm, until we, oh, <laughs> until we have to get rid of covering doctrine, you guys, because covering doctrine says you don't need to hear. You don't need to see. You don't need to understand. Just let the fivefold ministry do it for you. And you just keep tithing. So we have good salaries, but you don't need anything. You just come to, you want to know, I, I'm even over. Uh, he tells us, I asked the Lord today because all the, the prophets are speaking in these little pair, you know, puzzles. And I'm like, Lord, why don't they just say something? Why don't they just say what you're saying? He goes, cause I only speak to them in, in riddles. I said, well, they need to get over themselves and get in deeper with you so you can talk straight to them face to face. Amen. Get ready, people. By May 24th, something major is going to be happening. It's going to be shaking everything that can be shaken. And by July, things are going to be turned around in this nation. And God showed me that a long time ago, but I didn't want to say dates. And I wanted it to be sooner than July. And I didn't want it to mess up the beach season. But anyhow. But Lord, whatever you want to do, you just do it. Amen. So be prepared. Be ready. Pass the test. Amen. Pass the test and pray. And uh, anyway, 
I'm ready for Friday night. Amen. I'm, I'm ready for Sunday morning, Tuesday, and Friday. I don't know if you're going to get in your groups or not. Anyhow, sorry, guys. We haven't even gotten very far. Oh, okay. Mm. Now he's talking to us. Now you need to pray this over you. Some of you have been dull and you can't hear him. You can't see him. You don't understand with your hearts or he'd heal you. He'd heal your relationships. He'd heal your situations. So begin to repent for being dull. Repent for not being able to hear. Ask God to show you anything you've said or prophesied over yourself that you need to dig up out of the garden and throw away. Amen. And begin to say what God says about you. You know, years and years ago when I really finally had, I was saved at seven, but I was about, um, I, right before Lauren was born. So I don't know how old, but anyway, um, in my, about 25, about 25 years old, I all of a sudden just woke up and really wanted God. And I just remember, I didn't know anything about baptism, Holy Spirit. I had no really Bible teaching. I just remember I decided I'm going to read it and believe it. That's it. I said, I'm going to read it. I'm going to believe it. And I started doing that. And, and I, I do all the stuff that's in here. Amen. Only because I read it and I believe it. I planted that word in my heart. So you got to get rid of skeptic. You got to get rid of, if, of anything false. You got to get rid of following Q. Okay. I'm just telling you. I'm going to have an entire deliverance meeting for the church to bust the power of Q out of them. Amen. I don't need lies. I just need truth. God can do this thing. Amen. Of course the devil knows um, things that, that can happen to, to expose things. That doesn't make it coming from a source of light and truth. Amen. It just causes perversion. But we have to bust three. God, I want to hear what you want me to hear. I want to see what you want me to hear. I want to understand with my heart. Begin to pray. I want to understand with my heart. I'm going to understand with my heart. I'm going to understand the word of God with my heart. If someone has prophesied over you that mentally you're incapable of it or you're not as smart as other people, you need to break the power of that. Amen. You need to break the power of it. You need to dig it up, throw it away, and you need to declare what God declares. I'm going to understand the things of God because he lives inside of me. I'm going to do whatever he wants. I'm going to look however he wants. I'm not going to care what people think because I would rather have a deep relationship with God and be who he wants me to be than anything else in the world. Amen. He says, blessed are your eyes because you see and your ears because they hear. You need to get rid of every place you cursed yourself. I'm thinking of somebody sitting right in the back. Oh, over and over. I, I don't get it. I don't understand it. I can't hear it. And yes, they had a brain tumor at one time. And yes, they, the devil manifested physically what was already happening to them spiritually. Well, the brain tumor has gone. And it's time to dig up all those seeds, throw them away and begin to declare, I am going to hear God. I am going to see God. I'm going to understand God. And it doesn't have anything to do with your natural brain. You don't hear God in your natural ears. You don't see God with your natural eyes unless he lets you once in a while. Amen. But it's spiritual. Your spiritual brain cannot have a tumor. Your spiritual brain cannot have a tumor. Why? Because your spiritual brain is the mind of Christ. Quit acting as if he could have a tumor. Amen. Start recognizing who you are as a spiritual being. So into that reality. All right. All right. He goes on. He goes on. I tell you, many a prophet 
would long to see what you're seeing and did not see and hear what you're hearing and they did not hear. You then hear the parable of the sower. So here's, here's the parable taught to us by Jesus. Amen. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and doesn't understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This one having been sown along the road. All right. So on your chart, roadside, ground. Unsaved people are roadside. So if you're talking to somebody who's not saved about the things of the kingdom, guess what? They don't get it. They'll be snatched. They're like, well, he's crazy. Somebody will walk out of here and say that. I promise you I'm not crazy. Amen. I'll, I'll put, I'll put up my, <laughs> who I am in Christ and what he's given me over anything you think you've got any day of the week. Amen. I know who I am in Christ. I know who he is. I am in love with him. I've been in love with him for years and I know he'll take care of me and I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm also not uh, afraid. I'm not living as a play that I can't tell you the trials I'm walking through. Actually, most of my ministry is telling you what God's delivered me from and brought me through and you also, amen, because I'm not one of those fake it kind of people act like everything's perfect. I'm somebody who gets there and walks and runs this race and knows God and knows how to repent and knows how to break the power of what the enemy's done, knows how to forgive, and knows how to become um, complete in Christ. Amen? I want to no longer live. I only want Christ living in me. I want him glorified, and it is a process to die. Amen? That self and that carnal nature, it just wants to kick right back up. Amen? But I want to be in the race. Amen? I want to be who he wants me to be. You've got to get to a place where your heart just, I just want to be, I actually want to see who he wants me to be. I'm made in his image and likeness. I want to live the fullness. Oh, I want to live the fullness of who I am in Christ. I want to see what he wants to do with me, with my gifts, my, what he's given me, my, in my skin. Amen. Not in your skin, in my skin, in my age, not your age. I want to see what does he have for me. Amen. Amen. Don't you want that? Don't you want to see what he has for you? Don't you want to see how he can be glorified? Don't you want to get rid of all those lies? Everything Satan has said to you and done to you is to stop you from being what God has for you. Not to prove anything to God. If I don't have to prove anything to God, because he already sees me how I should be. He already sees you how you should be. Isn't that encouraging? I, I, I've said this before and I just really believe this. It's like the father, you know, he's up there and he's, he's seeing us in Christ. He's seeing us through the blood. In other words, the father only sees us sinless. He only sees us filled with the Holy Spirit. And he's up there going, that's my girl. Go girl, preach it, Cindy, go. That's my girl. And here, here's the Holy Spirit. He's in here, right? He's here. He's like, ooh, she still has this. She, she's got this frozen arm thing we got to deal with. We got to find out about some self-righteous things and some things that have to do scripturally with, with, with a problem with your shoulder. So here's the Holy Spirit. We got to deal with this arm thing. Here's Jesus next to the Father, ever interceding. Okay, the Father sees her whole. The Father sees her powerful. The Father sees her standing before all these people and getting them filled with the Holy Ghost and moving in signs and wonders and changing nations and, and voices raising up saying, no, we're not going to be who the devil says we are anymore. But... 
She's got this little bit of self-righteousness going with open the door for the devil to kind of mess with her shoulder. But I'm giving her scriptures and Jesus is interceding. Show her this scripture. Let her see this. Let her hear this. I opened a book. I have so many books. And I almost never use books that aren't in Kindle because I just like bringing one, two iPads. I took two iPads everywhere. And, um, and, and, and this book, I just happened to grab it. I don't even know how I found it. And it opened right to the page on self-righteousness. I'm like, oh, happy beach day to me. But you know, he's so good. But you know what? I don't want to be self-righteous at all. I don't want to. T- I, my righteousness is in him. It's what he does through me. It's who he is in me. It's how he sees me. It's what he wants to do. I don't have to. How can you prove anything to anybody when God sees you perfect? And the Holy Spirit's in you to get you there. That's the race. And Jesus, he shows you what perfect looks like. Amen. And he's ever praying for us. How can you feel alone? Aren't you excited that that blood clot disappeared when we did one prophetic prayer? (laughs) What do you want? Do you want to live in a place where you really hear God and see God and do what he says, even if it makes somebody uncomfortable and we're not going back to that church? Well, then don't come back to the church because Sharon gets to now. Amen. Sometimes you got to stop and say, who do I really want praying for me? And start seeing yourself as a person people want praying for them. You need to start vision. I want people to start wanting me to pray for them. Yeah, that's who I'm going to be. I'm going to be the person people want. They want me to pray for them. They're going to know I'm living godly. They're going to know I got power. They're going to know I know the word. They're going to know that if I pray for them and come in agreement, they're going to be healed. Can we begin to change the way we see things? See it from what God wants for you. Amen. See what he wants for his glory. Think how much glory he's going to get if we're not a bunch of wimps. Afraid to say anything. But not saying it because we can. Saying it because we can speak it in love. I want to speak this in love. I want to share this in love. Not in pride. Amen. Anyway. All right. Sorry. Not sorry really. But hey. All right. All right. So. So the sidewalk or the walkway are people whose hearts are evil. They're not looking for God. They're not interested in God. And every time, they're the people, when you say something that's really from God, not you being arrogant, and God gives you a word to speak, and it just goes right away. It's like you didn't say it, it's just pulled right away, right? A demon comes instantly to steal you trying to break through to that person. So, And I don't believe there's any of those people in here. You may have certain areas in your life where that applies. So for those people, you need to start interceding and praying. You need to pray, God, soften. Lord, Lord, get them saved. Lord, show me what to do. How, how do we break through to those people? What do we do? Do you see what I'm saying? These are the, this is the ground that you, mama, you can preach the word to them all you want. They're not hearing it. It's stolen before it even gets to the ground almost. Okay. If that's your situation with somebody, Right? 
then you need to start interceding. You need to say, God, give me wisdom. How do I get, how do I get this person off of that road and into the path? You know, how do I get them to a place where they're going to hear the word and see what he shows you? All right. See, he doesn't say we have to give up on these grounds, does he? Otherwise, the church is going to be a very small group of people. All right. Next one. All right. The one stone on rocky ground. Now, this is a lot of people that come to BFA or have come. This is the one who hears the word. They receive it with joy. This is cool. This is wow. Look how that woman preaches Jesus. Look how she knows this or see how those people shake her. Look how happy those kids are in children's church. This is great. How many know we can all pop in our heads. People walk through these doors and that was the ground they were. And they're ready. We have one guy. He even would go to women's retreats. He was so sold out for God. He came to every woman. He came to everything. This young guy just Really, I mean, a really scary guy. I mean, he would have definitely been in prison by now if it wasn't for God. And he was going after God with everything. Until he started to get involved with some women. Girlfriends. And then pretty soon, he's still saved. I believe he's still saved. Well, he's got some sin issues he better deal with. I'm not promising he's going to heaven. But God's still working there. But that, that, that's the um, rocky ground, okay? They have no root in themselves. Their excitement for God lasts a short while. And when any kind of trouble, persecution, I say when temptation comes along, this is because of the word, they fall away immediately. These are people who are all excited, will do anything for God, sell out for God, but not really. Amen? And so this is the heart that's hard in the stone. So it's a little tiny bit of dirt that gets on top of the stone and you get excited. But when it becomes trials, when it's about, these are the ones who are going to walk out the door really fast. Well, and they're the ones who love. Thank you guys for watching. Some of you can't be here, but you're, a lot of you are hiding behind a computer screen, convincing yourself you're still involved in church and in fellowship and the gathering together of the saints that the Bible says when truthfully you're hiding because you don't want anybody to get too close or you don't want to deal with your issues. You've got some stony places. And so you need to get in your groups and say, you know, what are those stony places? Um, they never develop a root system. In other words, it never goes down. They're easily offended. They easily change churches. They cannot receive any kind of correction or rebuke. Um, they're never really an active member of the body of Christ. They usually can't find full deliverance. And sometimes they'll continue. Many times they'll continue in a sinful lifestyle. All right. The next one, he says, now this is a lot of people. But the one sown among the thorns is the one who hears the word but the worries of the world, the seduction of wealth, choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. This is the ground. Now, this person stays saved. It doesn't say they continue to sin or anything. But they're always worrying. They're always looking at this and what's going on. And so instead of getting in the race and running the race and maturing and overcoming and getting to the next place in Christ, they just constantly remain babies. 
You know what I mean? They're just constantly worrying, thinking about things, the troubles. They're, they're worried about money, always worried about money. They, they, their focus is money. If somebody would just, if I just had more money, if you think if you just had more money, your life would be okay, you are one of these people. Amen. Because seriously, when you live in the kingdom and you do things God's way, he takes care of you. You've got to get rid of the love of money, the worries that come along with finances, the temptations that come along with finances. The Bible's really, God's really clear here. You will not be fruitful in the things of the kingdom if everything you're thinking about is how, how much anxiety and trouble and worries and money. It, those things, those things will stop you from being fruitful in the kingdom. Amen? And so, we don't have a whole lot of time, but we're going to break up into groups for just a little bit. I want you to, to look over these tonight and... And look at, um, are there any areas of this that that ground might apply to you? And then how, how do we go about changing that? So how, how do you change the ground? You take truth. You shall know the truth. The truth shall set you free. Now, if you love this teaching, then you better say you love this teaching then we want you to check out our web at beautyforashes.org. There is so much teaching there and there's a resource uh, library there. And also check out my Facebook page at Cindy Foster Beauty for Ashes Ministry. We'd love you to partner with us and come along for the ride into the apostolic. God bless you.